Hello and welcome back to another episode of a Team Profile and Projection. Today we are covering your Washington Nationals. You guys rank them as the 28th best team in Major League Baseball. Last year they finished 20 games below 571 and 91 last in the NL East. They missed the postseason. They sure did. But I got good news. They were pretty decent in extra inning games, 6-2 and two in one-run games. They had a winning record, 21-28, and 28, and they got some studs down on the farm. But, Jake, who do they have uh, that has grown? Who do they have that has grown? Not on the farm, but in the... Is that gone and returning all in one, maybe? I don't know. There needs to be a version of the farm. You know what like it is? In the house? Whenever Jimmy sees Jonah Doan's name, it kind of sends mm. him spiraling for a little bit. I haven't seen that name, Jonah Doan. But they've added Jimmy's guy guy, Joey Gallo. Uh, a lot of pop in that outfield. Dylan Floro, he's always in a major league bullpen. He gets added. Nick Senzel, former top prospect from the Reds, gets an opportunity. Uh, and Juan Yepes stays hitting on a minor league deal. They lost Chad Cool Breeze, Hurler. Uh, Michael Chavis, who's always mashing lefties. Carl Edwards Jr. went back to the Cubs. Hobie Harris, all-time name. Uh, and Dom Smith's out. And Andres Machado. Corey Dickerson, how about that? Blake, I don't want to speak about the Rutherford. Trev, what's the lineup look like? A little bit of funk. Shout out Blake Rutherford, my guy. I, I, I came before the show and said, guys, I don't like this lineup as much as maybe I should. Uh, C.J. Abrams moved him to the leadoff spot. He started banging the ball around a little bit. He's a guy I definitely like. I love watching the guy play defense. If he gets that bat going a little bit, we're talking about an all-star player. Uh, Lane Thomas, main source of pop in the lineup. Right fielder, Kybert Ruiz behind the dish. You mentioned Joey Gallo. Average wiener size went up in the Nationals mm-hmm. by bringing him in. Joey Manessis. Stone Garrett Huge disagrees. 2022. Stone Garrett too. <laughs> Probably. 2022, big year for Manessas. 2023 took a uh, a little bit of a downturn. Still had like 89 ribs uh, mm. on the year. Still be a productive major league hitter. The aforementioned Stone Garrett, uh, he was modeling those uniforms looking good. Luis Garcia at second base. Nick Senzel at third base. Victor Robles in center field. I also like watching him play. On the bench, we got Riley Adams, Alex Carl. Carter Keyboom, and then my favorite name is uh, Ildemaro Vargas. Mm. He's a switch hitter, utility player. James, what about that rotation? The rotation has names that I know. Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Jake Irvin, Patrick Corbin. Final year on the... I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So I I'll, just, I'll I, just right I didn't now. think that either, but I Googled... Uh, Masson had an article. Any reason to believe anything will change in Corbin's final year? It is. Oh, it is. Okay. I thought he right. too. I thought I got got by Masson. Corbin's final year and Trevor Williams. Wow. Oh, our guy. Yeah. So that's the rotation as we speak. Uh, names to watch. Jackson Rutledge and Spencer Watkins. Mm. Dual closer situation, it says here. Kyle Finnegan and Hunter Harvey. Setup man, Dylan Floro. Long reliever. Joan Adown, Jordan Weems, it's a bad name, Tanner Robert Rainey. Garcia, Tanner Rainey, 
and Jose Ferrer. Those are your pitchers. The rotations of rotation of starters. So I mentioned that I was going to ask you as a question about Josiah Gray before the show. Ask away. Now, Josiah Gray had a, a nice year last year. Um, I have a guy in my mind who I'm like, is Josiah Gray going to be the next? Kyle Gibson. And that is a compliment because we know what, you know, Kyle's been in the league for a long time. Is Josiah Gray one of those guys that we're going to look back in, you know, five, six years and be like, dude, this guy's like put up a pretty decent career. Like he's been here. He's like learned. He's adjusted, done all these things. Is that something that's on your guys' radar? Because that's kind of came to mind when I started watching some of the highlights and just kind of looked at his <laughs> overall numbers. Yeah, I think just just looking at uh, the data, uh, and you know, guys know I like looking at the pitch mix. Josiah Gray changed his pitch mix a lot last year, um, but in a weird, funky way, he went from you know kind of being a three pitch pitcher, fastball, uh, curveball, slider, to being Basically, a five-pitch pitcher. He brought the cutter into play, the sinker into play. I think he needs to find the top three out of the new mix because that's a lot of pitches. Yes. And it's too many to, I think, handle and and know which is going to be on and which isn't going to be on. So I hopefully this year in the spring, like he's like, all right, these are my my mainstays. And it's nice to go into a bag of tricks when you got faced the third time through the, the lineup. But So it definitely seems like there's room for like growth and, you know, getting to final form for Gray. So I got a lot of hope and promise. All-world person like Gibby came through the office. Awesome dude was was just hanging uh, in a fun story. And I I don't know. I I think there's some numbers the geeks don't like around around Gray for this year. Um, I always like a pitcher who's getting reps and getting better. Like he, you know, in 2022, he led the National League in homers allowed and walks allowed. Last year, he did not. He went from 38 homers allowed in 148 innings to 22 in 159. Um, So that's good. You'd love to see him get the walks down a little bit. And he started a game at the stadium last year, and I remember watching him, and he was nibbling a lot. And I don't know if that's that's just being young. I I don't know... uh, what that necessarily is, uh, but I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see the next step of his growth as a pitcher because, man, last year's a really nice season as a 25 year old starting pitcher. So, um, yeah, I, I like the the gray the gray Gore up top. That's that's fun. Gray Gore, both G. Random video of Josiah Gray, a strike to tie to tie nice. France. That's big. That's big. I think one of the other storylines of this team is, you know, where's the pop going to come from? And they haven't had a guy hit 30 home runs since 2019, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know how many teams can boast that. That seems pretty out there, although 30 home runs is not easy to hit. Uh, They ranked 29th uh, in homers during the 2023 season. Lane Thomas uh, was the only national hit over 20 homers. Um, They bring in Joey Gallo, who you guys picked on the homer draft, Mm. uh, and said Mm. he could hit 45 homers, and he could. Given 600 plate appearances, there's no doubt that there's a possibility. But, you know, that's something that we have to look at in this lineup. Like, where is that going to come from? You know, I I still think that this is – I think that they're in a phase here where they're just trying to see what they got, whether that is they're bringing in 
different minor league free agents or guys that are at the top of the uh, minor league depth chart to see if they can compete at the major league level. Uh, there is this group of outfielders that they've drafted. They're really high on, or not only drafted, but they got in the trade for Juan Soto, James Wood being one of them. They have that Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Robert Hassel III, dream outfield, uh, hopefully coming for them in a couple years. James Wood is a guy who's, well, I guess I wasn't familiar with his game. Then I started looking it up. 6'7", 240. Dad played pro basketball in Europe. Uh, can kind of go get it out there. He's still got the speed. They're calling him a five-tool guy. Even though he's 6'7", 240, he can run. Um, so there's promise there coming uh, with the Nationals and, and some of the guys down on the farm. But at the major league level, yeah, we're still waiting on the offense to kind of get it going a little bit. I uh, I toss and turn a little <clears throat> bit on these Nationals because they made a huge leap last year. They went from 55 games to winning 71 games. And it was, you know, for a while they were above the Mets. They end up limping to the finish line a little bit. But this team, you know, by September, they were flirting around with 500 a little bit. Um, And it's interesting. Jim, I know you opened up with extra innings and one-run games, which uh, a lot of years, those are variables that they feel like teams can't super control. You know about the division. Um, And, yeah, like, Trev, you, you started with the lineup. There's... I don't know. Every every time I start getting excited, I come down a little bit because like Stone Garrett <clears throat> kind of balled out for them last year. Good year. He's slotted in like the seventh, sixth hole of their lineup. So it's like, okay, what if that is something like Abrams uh, at the top? If he takes another step with everyone, everyone thinks he's going to be that dude is a guy. Uh, and Lane Thomas sneaky been like a plus player for three years now. We just kind of I think the name Lane Thomas hasn't been helping him. Uh, I don't know. This this team also got the best of Jamer Candelario last year. Remember how good he was playing? Um, that I I don't know. Ruiz behind the dish really scares me. His his throwing out runner numbers are like historically bad. So does he? You know, do they try to at some point in this season? Does he become a DH or do they try first base or something like? This feels like another learning year. For the Nationals, and you wonder, like, Dylan Cruz is an all-world guy. That it, Does he end up on the Nats at the end of this year, and we start kind of a a 25 Nationals hype train? I think it he- heads that way, but there could be regression from last year. I think there should be. Well, Vegas thinks there will be a little regression as well, and I think what's happening here, Jake is that they have these young prospects and they have guys that played well last year. And I, I think uh, they're picking up, they picked up too much speed because they are in a, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just like slow down mode ownership GM. They got an NL East. That's crazy right now. Uh, the Marlins won 83 or whatever games, 84 games last year. The Mets should be better than what they were last year, you think. There's four teams that I think are better than them. If they were to have a season that we've seen teams have where they're ahead of schedule, you're like, oh, shit, and now they have to address it by helping out, by bringing up the young guys, by trading and bringing guys in, I think the Nationals would say, no, 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 no. In two years, everyone's off the books. That's our window. We want to attack 2026. We want Wood and um, and Cruz 
to be, you know, guys in 2026. And that's when we can maybe go get a free agent or some splashes or get another thing. So I think they are going to, like, go slow this year and maybe even next year, even if the talent isn't. Like, we saw the Orioles the year before, what was it, 2022? We were like, hey, guys, help them out. And they were like, nah, we're going we're gonna to sell at the deadline still. I think that's where the Nats are. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some stuff going around uh, the organization as well that'll you know I think uh, agree with your point there. You know they were listed to to sell the team two years ago and like it never came to fruition. Part of that I've been reading is about the you know, the Mass and Sports Channel. They don't own the rights to their games. The Orioles own that network and apparently own the rights there. So there's been kind of some back and forth about that. Um, and now the Orioles sell right in front of their face. There's some interesting things going on. So if you're looking for them to add payroll or anything anytime soon, which, you know, there's obviously so much room. Uh, they're not going to do that. I think you're totally right about that. Probably the 2026 season, we'll, we'll start to see them push the chips towards the middle of the table a little bit more um, because of the timing of the prospects and where they're at as an organization. And I believe, you know, some of this Oriole stuff and the TV deals, it's affecting a lot of different teams in different ways. And uh, the Nationals are one of those as well. I hope that some of these kids get called up, you know. I don't know where they are in, like, Rule 5, if they have to get put on the 40-man soon, but if they do have to get put on the 40-man soon, then just, you know, give them, you know, some injuries. And But they might not. They might not get called up at all this year. They're still pretty young, and they neither have had taken at-bats in AAA. But I do think that there is a fun future here. It's just not this year or or next year for the Nats. I think another another thing that's just funny and running through my head, and that's kind of how we've gotten to this point, talking baseball, subscribe. Uh, Mike Rizzo, who's kind of openly been one of like an old school GM a little bit, and he's talked about that, and you know they they've kept kept the manager and everything like that. I think he I think the rebuild they're going for here is a traditional like up the middle, like they brought in Ruiz. He was a big part of that trade, and he hits a little bit as a young catcher. The defensive stuff is scary. Let's see what and happens. They, and with they this. signed him. Let's see what happens at the start of this year because you got to figure that out. They got the two young guys up the middle: C.J. Abrams, the young shortstop, Luis Garcia. He's twenty-three. He played the whole season last year, and then these outfielders that are on the way um, with those two guys on the bump that you like that are young pitchers. That's it. It feels like they're going for a core, and I I hope. You know, a Carter Keyboom or Nick Senzel, guys who were two big-time prospects and dealt with different injuries or blocks along the way, will one of them kind of have that full opportunity and blossom a little bit? That would be fun. And you hope you see some of that blossoming with those uniforms, Trev. That's full circle. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I think – I guess that's what I'm talking myself into. Last year it felt like a lot of things kind of clicked – I, I feel like that could not happen this year, and that's still okay. Like, you know, Finnegan and Harvey at the deadline this year, could those guys uh, be something that could get you a real piece as they start eyeing a 25-26? Um, and I know that's not the most fun mindset, but it, it's real with this team. I keep clicking around all these names on the roster and I'm going through different baseball reference pages. There's so many first and second rounders on this team. Let's go, guys. Let's live up to that potential. I didn't. Okay. They okay. could use a Trevor Plouffe. 
in in the in the clubhouse. Five years at third. Yeah. What about that over under? What are, what's DraftKings saying about that? DraftKings is telling the people that hey, you can get in on this over under action. They've got NBA. They've got everything. Like click around the app, you'll find something. Uh, but right now they're offering their no sweat bet up to one k. If your first bet loses, that's you can find yourself in a nice little situation there. Uh, and new customers use that promo code TALKING, and you'll get that no sweat bet at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Use code TALKING. The crown is yours only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Where are these, uh, where are these natty natties at? They are, well, they won 71 games last year, and they have them at 66 and a half this year. I, I think they're thinking the Mets are going to get better. Um That seems like uh did they get did they get that much worse? Did the Marlins get worse? What was it, a five game swing? But like seventy games means like, oh, we weren't all my eyes are pretty bad. There's just some bad teams in the league. Yeah. Right here. God taking the over. It's my first over of the of the TPPs. I'm gonna take it. I see some spark in the lineup. I see some guys that are playing for certain things that, you know. Uh, whether it's uh, money or to get more playing time, the motivation is there. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the over. The lineup does have a spark effect to it. Like a couple of these guys, it's like, hey, maybe, maybe, right? maybe, hey, maybe. I uh, just don't know. Like the second half of the season, I don't know if they address and help. If you take this lineup or the Rockies like lineup, the top prospects are coming. Well, I like this. Better than the Rockies because they have prospects and like promise. Well, the lineup, like as as we read them out. This team, I think. Okay. I don't I know. I think they're close. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. And probably at that point I'd think this isn't worth it. Yeah. It's it's tight, and that's that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <fair. laughs> but the the problem is the Nats can get pitching efforts where the Rockies like, you know, some of the a lot of great pitchers have not been able to really pitch there. That's we already talked about them. Um, what's the number? Sixty six and a half. Sixty five and a half. Sixty six. Sixty six and a half. Um, how many teams? I'm gonna go under. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go to the the one run game. One run games twenty eight and twenty one. I mean that's. That's, you know, they got a real manager, Jake. That's like a high-level, that's a high-performing team. Extra innings, 6-2. and two. Is that? Yes. Go look at one-run game stats, bro. No ball. Touch well, grass. I mean, obviously, someone's going to lose them and someone's going to win them. Well, and that's the thing. So it, Four teams finished under 66 and a half last year. So, you think they're going to be bottom four? And do you think there will be that four that bad this year? I think so. I, I, like you're saying with the Mets, they should be at least a little more punchy than they were. I was going to knock the Marlins, and that's a team that, again, on paper, you kind of start tilting your head. But I don't know. I I respect that they made a jump from 55 to 71, but that feels like a slight aberration, and I have it regressing a bit, that I will, I'll go with the under. Um, and that the pitching is pretty thin after those first two guys that if one of those young guys has either a bump or injury or whatever it may be then it then that rotation starts feeling a lot different so I'll I'll go under okay Trev 
I locked in the over already. It's my first one of the TPPs, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just again, I think there's motivation on this team. I'm gonna make my decision on one stat that I'm looking up right now, and it's uh, the sprint speed of the Nationals, and if they're mm. if they're good or bad. Uh, Garrett's above average. Abrams is fast. Lane Thomas is really fast. Young Jacob. Lane Thomas is good. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the over. <clears throat> My thought process is with teams um, like the Pirates last year or Cincy have this young talent that can run in the new baseball world. They can run themselves into wins with just like kind of athleticism, and I think there is some young, quick athleticism here, and hopefully it's a fun watch. Again, I don't think they're gonna have a winning record or be have them finishing fourth, fifth, but I'll take the over. That's the ep. That's the episode. If you enjoyed it, subscribe because there's a lot more coming and the teams get better. Appreciate you. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Mm. Mm. I'm I'm thinking about flipping my A's over under already. I already thought about that. 56 and a half. A's might win 42 games. It's a low number, but it feels right. 42. They're essentially playing in the COVID year. No fans. That's tough. Not fans' fault. But can they be six games better than last year?